0: There shouldn't be any shame of having a bottle of Niederberg on the same table as a bottle of Cladier
1: Hello, you've reached the Animo podcast. I'm David Clark. This week we have Christian Eads on the podcast. Christian is the editor of winemag.coza and is probably the most serious domestic wine journalist we have. A wide-ranging discussion with Christian. We are friends, so it does get uh, pretty jovial at times. Last week, we had the State of the Nation Address by President Cyril Ramaphosa. So I thought we'd uh, we'd assess the state of the nation in wine through Christian's eyes. We spend the first part of the podcast talking about Christian and how he got into wine and his background and what his journey in wine has been. We have a very rough assessment of how South Africa got to where we are at right now in the world of wine through... 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s and the 2000s, through apartheid, through sanctions, through tr- political transformation, and then we discuss where we're at at the moment. I thought it was, would be useful to go through different varieties for Christian to comment on them. We're probably going to have another chat at some point as well, because uh, there were a lot of topics that we sort of edged around but didn't hit straight on. Uh, it was a good chat, wide-ranging in subjects. We got interrupted by a, uh, an Air Force jet halfway through, <laughs> thanks to the, the uh, security surrounding the, uh, the President being in Cape Town. So thanks very much for listening, and here is Christian Eads. Christian Eads, thank you very much for uh, chatting with me today. Maybe not everyone knows who you are. Give us a, a little uh, brief rundown of your life in wine from when you began to now?
0: Sure. So, uh, February 2020 marks uh, 20 years precisely that I've been in the industry. I um, started at Wine Magazine in February 2000, having thrown myself at my late father's mercy. Uh, I'd had a spectacularly unsuccessful career in advertising and um, he'd started Wine Mag in 93, um, as part of a company called Ramsey, Sun & Parker, uh, later Ramsey Media.
1: This is Harold Aides. is that That's Harold, right?
0: my dad. Um, and he'd always said, uh, we had a, a joint love for wine and he always said it would be great fun to work together. And I said, well, I wanted to do my own thing. And um, what do you mean? It was great fun for you to work for him, not... Well, no, that <laughs> not. We could, no, no, that we could just you know, combine our, our mutual interest and, okay. and, 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 and pretend to earn a living on um, <laughs> it. But I was sort of resistant to the idea. I sort of felt I had to go and sort of um, home uh, my own row, so to speak. And, and then when I realised that advertising wasn't going to work out, I sort of prevailed on him for a job. And he said, well, hang on, and it doesn't work quite as simply as that. But eventually, um, they conjured up a position for me, Um, I was actually appointed web editor. I knew absolutely nothing about the internet, but back in 2000, nobody else knew anything about the internet either, and so I became, (laughs) I became, (laughs) I became wine mag web editor, and um, you know, and that was 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. And so what were you doing um
1: as web editor? I mean was the was the was the internet um, side of that business
0: a big concern? Well well um it just identified it as, as a so so, so, so Ramsey Ramsey and Parker as it was then um was a pretty successful medium-sized publishing company with mm. other titles included Car and Getaway and the internet loomed large and and um uh there was a there was a realization that 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 digital was part of the future for publishing, and so they they were starting up sites for all the, the magazine titles and, and and feeling their way. Okay, so at this point
1: in February two thousand, you're already sort of into wine. your wine buffoc. or you did would that come later? Would
0: you no, 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 of... no, no, no. I, I um. So February two thousand, I was twenty eight, and so I'd, I'd I'd grown up in a household. Where wine was very much part of life, um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of as a teenager, you, you discover alcohol, and wine made sense from the get-go. I mean, my dad had a pretty smart collection. and I mean, the story I always relates is um, it was at the time uh, that Milist declassified Rubicon for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think it was the '84 vintage. Um, so we were drinking that in the sort of late '80s. Um, and I thought to myself, well, Rubicon must be pretty bloody good if, if, if this red's not good enough to be Rubicon. Okay. Uh, um, and, and that was kind of like a, I suppose, a defining moment. But yeah, yeah. As I say, it was, it was, my dad was super keen on wine and it just made sense to me from the get go and wine and food and gathering on the table with good company and eating and drinking. Okay. So
1: you were drinking mostly out of his cellar, I'm assuming? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And, what was, and what were his sort of loves in wine? What were his, what were you?
0: Uh, so he was great friends with Giles Webb, so there was a lot of Thelema in the cellar. Okay. Um, also a huge Canon fan, he was a very good friend with Jahan Krighe. Yeah, so I, sort of, I got to cut my teeth <laughs> on the best of South Africa. And then yeah, the late Tony Mossop was also a great friend, and Tony Mossop was um, uh, father of Miles, um, was then, uh, for a long time, was the wine Mag panel chairman, and his, Tony Mossop's great love was Italian, and my dad became a big Italian uh, sort of, um, you know, Tuscany and Piedmont, um, okay. to the extent that you could get your hands on it in South Africa, Yeah. Right. Um, okay. but yeah, he had a quite a smart collection of, of Barolas, and also awesome. uh, long since drunk, unfortunately, I would assume. And there were one or two bottles left. Are there? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs>
1: Okay, so you become web editor, um, fresh out of uh, a stint advertising. So advertising didn't work. Was it the was so, it you that didn't fit or?
0: No, so my stock line is everything you've heard about advertising is true, <laughs> um, and, and it was great fun, uh, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, crazy hours. But you needed to win awards. Um, if I was, I I, seen, okay. I I started out as a copywriter. Um, I mean, I've always loved writing, uh, as much as I love wine. Uh, and, uh, and there's, a, there's an element of luck in winning an award. Um, but if you, if you do win awards, you're set. And then you get headhunted and, you, and you know, your career takes off quickly. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't win any awards. Mm. And I think also after five year, or so years, I thought to myself, do I really want to spend my rest of my life in this industry? It, it's, 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 uh, it's insane. Yeah, right. um, I mean, insanely good fun in your mid twenties, but I don't know if you want to do it forever. Um, mm-hmm. And and sort of conveniently segued out of advert advertising into wine. Okay.
1: And so when you um, when you went into uh Mag in two thousand, what was your role? I suppose I mean, obviously, web editor is it? Was it just sort of so so so? I, I think transposing I, what was in the magazine. So so
0: or? I mean, I think the the um, where advertising served me very well was you know, you're fully immersed in media. Um, and, and, and I must say, me, as much as wine is an interest, so is media. Um, you know, I love all forms, print, digital, and, and so, so I think it was quite well set for, 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 for magazines as,
1: as a result. Okay, nice awesome. one. And were you, what, what were you drinking back in those days, in 2000? Were you drinking? Well, so so had so, you. I mean, at twenty eight, had you sort of stepped out of the, the shadow of your father in terms of your drinking habits? Yeah. So so so, so, you, the, so the
0: beauty the beauty of wine mag like then. To and and to this day is that yeah. you, you get, um, you know, as a as a conduit between producer and consumer, mm-hmm. you get to see. Just about, all of South Africa's top end all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a huge privilege, and 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 you know I think wine's very much a product of curiosity. So I'm very lucky that I don't really have to drink the same thing mm. twice almost. Yeah. Um, I, I mean I would I would obviously I think it's really important to to benchmark as often as one can, and you know and that means you know if you're going to you know, um, have an opinion on Stellenbosch Cad and you need to know what Bordeaux is up to. If you can have an opinion on you're on either pinna, then you need to know what Bergen is up to, etc. Okay.
1: And what was the state of the if you can cast your mind back? What was the state of the industry in February two thousand or you know in the, in two thousand? Yeah, what was that's, a,
0: that's a great question. Um, so so you know, remembering that you know, uh, 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 political transformation was that only recently happened. You know, in my mind, ninety four. Is a is a watershed moment. Um, you know, whether whether you measured by Nelson Mandela being released in 1990 or free and fair elections in '94, mm. the period of isolation that had come with sanctions was were obviously dark times. For, uh, um, I mean, the industry f- had fallen back significantly. Whether they weren't, I don't think, ready to acknowledge it or or, or even re- even realise it. I think there was this sense that this was God's own winemaking country and we mm. were still, you know, world-class. And it quickly became clear that we weren't. How did it quickly become clear that that was... Well, there were, there were various benchmark tastings, amongst other things. Ironically, there was this am- amazing um, period of goodwill from the from the rest of the world, where, whereby, you know, there was this medieval factor and, and we were flavor of the day and everybody wanted South African wine on their tables. Mm. I To discover that it wasn't often very very palatable. yeah, right. right, right. Um, and, and the idea and of it was better than the reality. In, in, unfortunately, so yeah. I mean, in not not university, but in many instances, and, and 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 across all price points. And so there was a there was a uh, a sort of breaking of the logjam, if you will, that, that that had sort of happened around that time. Um, and not not forgetting that Parker was in his pump. Mm-hmm. and and the whole world. Uh, was trying to make pocket style wines and that used to have that effect here as well for sure yeah okay for sure so 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 you know now now we were able to travel and and show our ways around the world and the guys are going well i mustn't make elegant uh, old school south african i must make modern international and mm-hmm. um it, then, the, um, the out- outcome wasn't necessarily happy. Okay. Um, I mean, I think I always it was quite remarkable in that you know we, we right now, Cinso is very much back in fashion, but you know synso was all of a sudden an outcast of a of a grape, and 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 in came Merlot because it was what the world wanted. I mean, yeah. which was a in retrospect was was a, you know, misguided to put it mildly. And
1: that happened sort of late '90s, is yeah. that what, you know? Yeah. 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 So wine mag, wine magazine, doesn't exist anymore. The publication it turned into WineMag.coza, of which you are now the editor in chief. Is that
0: is that Correct. your title?
1: Yes. And was that? I mean, that happened over a course of what a decade and a half. Yeah. So
0: so so um, the 2000s were almost a glory decade of pub, not just for Ramsey Media but South African publishing in general. Um, the internet hadn't really. But it was still very much in its infancy, and 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 it was a very much a print environment. I mean, magazines were attracting plenty of advertising, um, super high production values, so lovely, you know, lovely paper stock, lovely photography. Journals were earning possible salaries. I don't think journals have ever made tons of cash. Yeah. But that was all set to change. You know, as as the world went increasingly digital. Um, uh, magazines were, well, their business models didn't work. No, well, and well, I think in in many instances there was a, there was an old guard an establishment that that just didn't know, couldn't appreciate the impact of, of digital, refuse to accept it yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, and was your father part of that? Um, no, very, he wasn't. Yeah. He, he he was in terms of the Ramsey Media establishment. He he was a. a um, I'm not just saying this because he was my dad, but he was a pretty progressive figure. Mm. Um, he'd always, um, he'd always loved computers and, 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 and what computers represented. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so there was this sort of sea change happening a, a across the industry, the media industry. Um, and uh, Ramsey Media got sold um, to a company called Caxton and Caxton had their eye on a car magazine and a travel title called Getaway. Okay. And what, they, what year was this? When was this happening? This was, this was, uh, 09, 2010, okay. uh, 2011, right. around about that time. Um, and they, they were, the, 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 the car and Getaway were the two jewels in the crown. There were a couple of other titles, including wine that they weren't terribly interested in. Um, in the case of wine not at all so myself and Jacqueline Lahoud my business partner um, you know we'd previously worked together um, we made an offer to the new regime about t- buying the wine mag brand because um, what wine mag had that was d- i mean there was some there was the t- there was the brand there was the name which had some brand equity but it also had a, a twitter account and a facebook page it, you know so it had slow, it had dipped its toe into the world of digital which mm-hmm. and you know all, acquiring audience is a massively challenging part of digital you in know media and, in general in right? media in general yeah and and so that so we so we um took a leap of faith and acquired the brand okay. i'd I'd gone i'd i'd been editor of the print title um i'd succeeded Fiona MacDonald in Late 08, early mm-hmm. um, 09, and, and I'd sort of motivated hard that we needed to go digital um, but had got no backing from senior management okay. and had got, and actually um, uh, left to go freelance in 2010. Convinced only that staying in print was a disaster, not really knowing what the hell I was going to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you didn't know what the way was, but it wasn't yeah. this way. Yeah, okay. correct. Um, and then, so and then we relaunched Wine Mag in October 2014 okay. as a fully digital title. And from 2014 uh,
1: to 2020, what's been the journey?
0: It's been
1: so you. Re- I mean, you essentially review wines. you...
0: Yeah. So we, so we. I mean, I mean, our, our, our strapline, probably a little prosaic, but I think it's, it says what we do fairly succinctly: is everything to do with South African fine wine. Okay. Um, so we, we, we review. I mean, it's there's no getting around the need for reviews. However, painful people might find scores out of 100. Um, but we also want to be a forum for discussion and debate and ideas. And so, you know, we have a core of, of I'd say, some of the leading writers in the country, um, you know, who contribute on a regular basis. Okay, And their pieces are mostly opinion pieces or...? yeah opinion and analysis and okay. musings and you know some sometimes quite hard hitting sometimes quite whimsical okay um yeah and you do some competition type. yeah so we so we I'm we sure, is the competition the right word um yes yeah, so essentially that's what they are um we've always had this kind of hybrid model whereby on the one hand i test cited in my individual capacity and then um, we also have a regular panel tasting where three-person panel chaired by myself taste blind mm-hmm. and um it seems that that you know some producers prefer going the sighted route and others prefer the blind route and and we we're, we're cool with that if everybody else is cool with that yeah you're happy to um, to accept both the, uh, yeah uh, you know it's not ideas. it's not it's not a perfect arrangement but we at the end of last year we attempted to jettison the sighted dimension of it all and the, the reader pushback was such that we've compelled to retain it it's winemag.co.za correct and pretty much it's
1: the only from what i can tell it's the only online wine website specializing in south african wine uh, as a as a sort of a
0: a medium, not a a, as a seller Uh, absolutely and i mean that's always been a key motivation for us you know, that's our our departure point. I mean, there's we've always thought that there's um, there's a niche in the market precisely for that. I mean, yeah. dating from roughly 2000, you know, South African wine, fine wine has been on this incredible improvement curve. It's incredibly exciting, incredibly vibrant, mm. and it always seemed to me that it was it needed some it deserves some coverage. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know. Yeah, we're
1: coming from Australia trying to get information on South African wine, not necessarily the I mean the the WOZA uh website's very good in terms of the wo system and and giving you maps and all that sort of stuff but actual producer information and and information on what's what wines are being produced and what vintages and what's the makeup and how they're farming and how they're making the wine was really difficult to obtain Um, there's obviously platters uh guide a wine guide that's been going for years and years and years um so that was a, a decent um very window but you get sort of three lines on a producer that's it um and then a sort of a weird tasting note on each wine which because they're fighting space because it's obviously a physical physical wine guide, and they try to review every single wine that comes through their doors which is makes it difficult on space Uh, there's winemag.co.za and that was pretty much it i mean and now there's obviously tim atkins uh wine report that comes out every year um a couple of other journalists are sort of dipping their toe in for their each of their own uh, publications and they're doing their own South African report, but for a long time it was—it's very difficult. There's no sort of uh, book, you know. The producers of South African wine. I mean, Tim James did one called New South, South Africa, New South
0: Africa, I think it's called. Um, um published in 2013 so yeah. that's seven, so, years, seven out years out of old. date yeah, yeah
1: exactly right and a lot has happened uh, I mean I
0: still think just in you reference that Tim James book it's an incredible reference but mm. the point about old media is it does date so quickly yes mm.
1: no it's it's uh, as soon as it's printing it's it's printed it's, it's, it's out of date so um I think onemag. is a very important uh, part of the industry so I app- applaud you for for pushing on and I um implore my uh the our listeners to uh to to go onto the website and have a little bit of a search around this. There's lots of tasting notes and, um, and opinion pieces. And as you say, you can, uh, the reader can um, interact uh, with both you, the editor, and the contributors uh, on each of the, there are you know, there are comment sections, which don't turn too nasty. Um, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I think there's a, um, yeah. the devotees such as there are, are fairly opinionated in their own right. So hmm. it does get quite spicy sometimes. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Wine is a, is a, is a passion subject mostly in terms of it's, um, there's obviously a few people who find it academic and or you know, purely financial, but most of the time it's a, it's a passion, uh, pursuit pursuit sure. of passion. So yeah. And you see that in the comments now. So we now, now know who you are, what you do. We had the state of the nation address by, uh, the esteemed president uh, Ramaphosa last night in Cape town. Um, I thought maybe we could have a little, uh, state of the nation address, uh, by you on the state of wine in South Africa, starting with what's what's happening in
0: South African wine at I the moment. What's the okay? You know? So um, I think I think uh, for the benefits of the international audience of these podcasts, mm. I mean, there's there's this fundamental dichotomy in the South African industry between, I mean, much like the rest of the world, but it's quite pronounced in South Africa between fine wine and and commodity wine or bulk wine and and i you know i think South Africa's struggling to and they're both interrelated they don't exist in isolation but it's try, you know i think we the, the structural issues posed by those by that scenario are are you know massively complicated and 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 and, and the industry's struggling to make it all work structural issues in terms of what do you mean well essentially great prices and profitability um okay. so so you know, for the whole of the 20th, the great deal of the 20th century, there was the super co-op called the KWV, which was a parastatal and a, national party parastatal that had a mandate to remove grapes from the market, which sent the whole industry in a unfortunate direction. And I think we still, the shake off from that, you know, now that we are operating in a, in a, you know, much more free market environment is, is, Still playing itself out. You know? yeah. So that's that that shapes the debate uh, fundamentally. So this
1: isn't necessarily um, something people are talking about. You're sort of thinking this is more of a, a shadow which has been cast upon the last a- sort of, a- absolutely. Yeah, but but
0: years. so, that, so then, you know how does it affect what's in the bottle? So, so so our most planted grape variety is Chenin Blanc. And, you know, I think Chenin Blanc uh, in the in the modern era, i.e. the last 20 or 30 years, is a hugely strong advertisement for just how good laughing and Wines can be. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we have so much Chenin is a happy accident in that it was planted for, because it was high-bearing disease resistance and, and very often ended up as, the, you know, being used for distillation purposes. And yet now, you know, we've got the new way of accessing these 30, 40, 50-year-old vineyards and making world-class wine. I mean, I don't think it's really up for debate. I think it's pretty much... Well, not only is it
1: some of it world-class, it's, it's, it's super unique to South Africa, which is sort of one of the, the huge selling points um, in terms of... No, well said. It's, 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 uh, it, it's irreplicable uh, elsewhere. Maybe in sort of California, they've got Old Vine Shannon, but not into the extent um, uh, that South Africa does. So it's a, it's a very unique... Um, so what else is happening in South African wine? Obviously, there's, a, there's the fine versus fine wine versus bulk uh, dichotomy.
0: Yeah. So at the fine wine end of the market, we have the corporates um, led by Distel, uh, but not forgetting... So Kenneth. what is Distel? So Distel is a producer wholesaler. It was a merger between two fairly large corporates themselves, namely Stanwash Farmers Winery and, and Distillers uh circa 2000 mm-hmm. and they um are you know control a lot of vineyard are responsible for a huge amount of quote unquote high-priced wine and then as i say, you've got kwev and dgb so K- kwev turned into what what is it now so <clears throat> so KWV was compelled to to privatize around the time of political transformation and so they're uh, they, they now compete on equal terms with everybody else okay um um, and, and then there are a few other major large-scale companies um, who uh, tend to be sort of fairly conservative about the way they go about their business mm-hmm. and um, what's also typically their they're liquor companies as much as their wine companies so, so you know Distil has cream liqueurs and RTDs and you know which are all um, very often more profitable than wine, and then wine. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm massively oversimplifying, but it's better, you know, give people a, a general idea of what's, what's at stake in South Africa right now in the, in the industry, wine industry. And, and that, you know, that, 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 that lack of focus probably applies to uh, across, well, lack of focus. Uh, you know, they're all very well managed or reasonably well managed business entities, but there's no wine passion. The businesses who happen to have a wine arm. Not wine businesses, largely speaking. Would that be a
1: fixed? Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned DGB. They are another big player in the same sort of.
0: Yeah. So I mean, a, a brand's you know their their flagship brand is um, Bellingham. Um, it's Douglas Green Bellingham, isn't it? DGB or yeah, right? but yeah. it's been um, you know abbreviated to DGB. You know, mm-hmm. really, so the Douglas Green is still a brand, mm. um, but and think KWE. In terms of the top end, they have the mentors. I think what's frustrating. So, so Niederberg is part of KWV. No, Niederberg is part of Distel. Distel. Yeah, this is this is, this is where I get
1: because this is a this is an area of the the wine so, uh, so, industry that, in South that I have and So so I, so so, I, so,
0: so I, I guess my frustration is that mm-hmm. th- that these I would like to see more leadership from from our corporates. You know, and I always pose the question: Where's our Penfolds grand? You know, just. Just because you're corporate doesn 't mean you can't uh, be operating at the pinnacle of, of the industry and, and and i mean in, in fairness uh, you mentioned Niederberg you know i think top end Niederberg in the last decade or two has been undoubtedly very, very good, but then it gets you know the the tearing is absolutely baffling so you so you've got very serious uh, small batch expensive wine under the Niederberg label, mm-hmm. and then you've got dead ordinary, large volume, low price one under the under the Niederberg label. And I, I you know, I, I don't, very curious to say the
1: least. So Niederberg is one of those grand old names that...
0: Which, uh, I, which yeah. I guess what I'm saying is just hasn't been leveraged in sensible fashion to okay. my mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, And similarly, you know, the same could be said for, for DGB and Bellingham and KWV and their their mentors range, you know, that, that, you know the 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 corporates have attempted ultra premium product, uh, projects, but with sadly little success.
1: Do you have any idea about
0: um, what percentage
1: of the market, the fine wine market, that DGB, KVV, and uh would represent?
0: So that's that's um, a closely guarded secret, but guesstimate, guesstimate,
1: seventy five percent. Oh wow, like a a massive majority,
0: massive majority. Okay,
1: right. And so if we're talking about the other. Sort of well-known names currently in South African fine wine. We're only ever talking if we're not including DGB, Tervita. We're only talking
0: about twenty-five percent of the, the fine wine.
1: Correct. Okay.
0: That's and it. you know, and then and we, so you know, we haven't even you know long before we get to the cool kids. Uh, you know, Yvonne Sidey being the most prominent name. There, you know, you've got you've got Graham Beck, Babbly. You've got um, Fairview. You've got you know, which are. Um, serious medium to large producers. Mm. So, so the point is, the names that typically feature on wine mag and wine geeks here and abroad are getting excited about are absolutely minuscule in terms of, of, of volume.
1: And is there, a, is there a clear path to say, well if I'm for, for consumers or for wine lovers to, to transition from one to the
0: other, or are they just entirely in separate um, uh, spheres? That's an interesting question. I, I've, I've always been sceptical of the of the theory that today's chocolate pinotage drinker is tomorrow's colliroller drinker. Mm-hmm. But I I think, as I say, I, you know, you Penfold's Grange and and Hill of Grace, I I, I can quite easily see them on the same table. So I don't, you, you know, um, maybe that's not the most perfect example, but okay. uh, um, yeah, you, you know, there's there's no. There's, there shouldn't be any shame of having a bottle of Niederberg on the same table as a bottle of Kallimane. Or, 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 or yeah. any disconnect or any, you know, if, 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 if everybody got their ducks in a row. Good question.
1: There was always these estates in South African wine. An estate in South African uh, wine law meant that um, the wine had to be grown and made and bottled uh, within the, uh, on the actual property, which I didn't know, I thought it was just a... Um, when people talked about an estate wine, but it was actually a legally defined uh, term. So it was almost like a very, the smallest uh, wine of origin in terms of Canon Copper State was only, um, was it was saying that that was only um, wine from their farm, almost like the domain um, model in Burgundy. How did they operate with the KWV in at the same time concurrently with uh, during the, during the the days
0: of uh, So 1973 was a crucial year in that when South Africa's appellation system came into being Mm -hmm. and defined regions, districts, boards, um, and and we get a lot of um, compliments for how well thought out the Appalachian system is for a so-called new world country, mostly from within South Africa. Those couple of months. No, come no. I think, I think. I, no, I think it's. I think it is quite. A, I, think, I think. Very
1: self-congratulatory. No, no. I, think it's,
0: I mean, I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, you know, and you know, the Tulbagh being part of coastal region is, is <laughs> there
1: is, is some glaring. But,
0: there, there, but but by the same token, it's it's it, it, it's not it's not completely useless at all either, and no, you no. know, and you know, but the, the problem. So so to digress here, but the problem with
1: being so strict is that the um, the things that don't quite fit are. much more noticeable
0: sure and and I think it's work in progress I mean it's dates from 73 you know we we don't have appellations like Burgundy going back you know 600 years so where were we Uh, (laughs) the estates and how they uh, estates so yeah so states so so there was a there was this um, forward-thinking bunch of uh, family-owned in many instances producers who, who realized that if they were going to be able to, if they wanted to demand a premium, then then place of origin was something to leverage. And and out of that grew the concept of the estate. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So people, people were able to make their own wine. It wasn't against the
1: law. You didn't have to of the KWV. You could, uh, you could you know, produce your own wine from your own. Yeah, I mean, the, the history the is quite complicated. That, yeah,
0: um, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, so at, at the same time that, that um, uh, France, Milan, the late France, Milan of, of Simonsig and Co. Uh, were starting up the Stellenbosch wine route, so there was the sense of the value to be had out of an estate. Okay. Um, and that's all, as I say, early 70s. Um, would it be fair to say that in the, in the isolation
1: years that your first Competitor, and obviously because you didn't have a world market, you were only competing uh, in South Africa. Um, that your first competitor was your neighbour. Would that would that be a fair comment? So that that so that estate model saying, well, we're separate from our neighbour. Did that?
0: Uh, inc- yeah, so to some extent, but I, 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 am I, I, am I sort I, of going I, down the wrong path. No, there? no, I'm I'm sure that was part of it. Mm. Um, but I think it was more, uh, uh, you know, wine was. Well, it was disappearing into anonymous blends, you know, um, and so how did you get a premium? You know, instead of just being a grape grower, you yes. know, how did you add value? You yeah, know? Um, but you weren't compelled to sell to the KWV. Is that what I, I'm, I'm trying to work I, out? No, that's no. I suppose you weren't, but I, well, I think it was an effort to 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 break that relationship with the KWV. Okay, yeah, probably the best document uh,
1: re- re- record document over the last sort of forty fifty years in terms of fine wine production in South Africa is the Platters Wine Guide in terms of it comes out every year and it's a it's a little snapshot in time as you say it's pretty much out of date as soon as it's um in a lot of ways but in a lot in a lot of other ways it's very useful I mean you get the what was the first one I think 82 was it the first one No, uh the the just
0: 80s? celebrated their 40th anniversary okay um, so yeah. it must have been 1980 80, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quick mathematics <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> uh, Bishop's worked yeah. well for you <laughs> um that I mean, I, I, you see copies of that around, and it's, it's it's like a flimsy little magazine. It's it's twenty pages long almost. There's there's tiny amounts, and then you look at today's, and it's this big sort of bulking uh, behemoth of a book in terms of its 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 depth versus its uh, its width and height. So there's obviously been a massive expansion on labels and uh, wine, different wine labels being produced by producers and. Presumably, producing, um, making more lines over those forty years. Did that happen, sort of, post ninety four, or did that happen steadily from?
0: No, ninety four was a watershed moment. Okay. I mean, so what we what we saw was um, a, a huge, literally, an explosion of of producing sellers as the co op system collapsed. So, so, beneath the KWV were these regional co ops, mm. where growers used to. Send their grapes for processing, mm-hmm. um, and then the co would then sell on to the KWV. Um, you know, and once it became beholden on the on the grower to find his own way, yeah. so to speak. Yes, a, a lot more producing sellers emerged. Yeah. Okay. Um, the interesting developments in 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 the last two or three, maybe five years, has been those producing sellers have leveled out, but individual labels are still
1: growing. So producer numbers are remaining stable, but wine...
0: Producing facilities are remaining stable. I see. but le- but, what, but Actual bricks and mortar uh, wineries. But labels, you know, there seems to be no ceiling in sight. Okay. And, and I think what's happening there, I may be wrong, but my instinct is that... For reasons of economy, mm-hmm. you've got multiple brand owners operating out of a finite number of facilities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, well, the low entry it? to barrier, a so low
1: barrier to entry, my apologies, low barrier to entry to, to creating a wine label in South Africa would, you know, well,
0: one well, of those well, I mean, well, so, I mean, I mean Gabriel's Cliff, uh, um, um, uh, Thorn and Daughters, so Gabriel like Stuff is a, is a wine. And memento. In, in Botry, all, or all opera, yeah, sorry. I mean all operating out of the same. Well, and Crystalline. And Crystalline, you know. Mm. So, you know, that's a, that's a classic example Okay. So 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 you know, you're you're a 30 something, um, um, very talented, progressive thinking winemaker. Mm. You've got access to really smart fruit. You don't necessarily want to go and knock up a bricks and mortar it. Yeah, no, we're going to talk about access to fruit at some point as well,
1: in terms of, uh, these guys have to buy fruit from somewhere and, and can it continue or where is the value lie? But I wanted to quickly just go back again, sorry, just to bring us all up to speed with what's happening in South African wine now is to give it some context of what's come before it. So maybe if we go back and I mean, you are probably Drank more South African wine than a lot of people on Earth <laughs> <laughs> that are currently living. I, I'm owning that. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. So I thought I might just give your um, get your feedback on maybe decades of production and maybe a rough. Obviously, painting with very broad brushstrokes, sure. and there'll be exceptions to these things. But and you can you can fill in the gaps where those exceptions exist or when you where you see them um, being relevant. So how far do we go back in terms of what? what, what when does your uh drinking uh, history start in terms of vintages sort of like what decades I mean, have, guess, you had, have you had many wines from the 1950s or, yeah. or 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 earlier or where are we where are we at there
0: um i'm very lucky to say that i have mm. um, and so so the 70s were i don't want to put it too strongly but it's something of a golden decade okay and because and why do I say that? Because the Cenebosch Farmers Winery was was shooting the lights out. It was it was it um they had brands like Niederberg, Zornblum, Alto, um, and it's a bit of a mystery what what they got so right, but those wines are incredibly long lived and and Specifically the 1974 vintage? Yeah, Niederberg's 74 cab is uh, the stuff of legend. Mm. You know, Alta Rouge, Alto Cab from, that, from around that time is always a, a, a real, well, very often a real treat. Mm-hmm. 50s and 60s, harder to come by. Um, obviously, yeah. Obviously, but very often delicious. Mm-hmm. Chateau Libertas, I've had, I think the maiden vintage of Chateau Libertas was in the mid 40s um well it was in the mid 40s i can't remember precisely when and that that maiden vintage isn't we cool. had the, we had the 1940 together at the at the Tabernacle. It's ex- extraordinary no. one. it was it was an extraordinary wine. <laughs> um extraordinary good wine. Yeah. So 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 you know the 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 20th century wasn't a complete write off by by any means. Unfortunately the the 80s and the 90s are not to be too dramatic but sort of lost decades and that's to, to my mind, that's when isolation properly kicks in. Okay. And and so isolation yeah, happened. What when was isolation enforced? Well, so I of mean, mid, you know, mid 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 70s when when, when the when the world started imposing sanctions. No, no yeah, and, but when, and when, we were and we were properly and you know we were properly pariahs of the international community with good was that, reason. Was that sort of early seventies, yeah, Well, that? I mean, you know, riots of seventy six. Yeah. You know, know it's. Um, you know the 1981 flower bomb tour of New Zealand. You know, um, mm. you, know the, the, it, you know, apartheid w- was properly unacceptable as, it, as it should have been. So what happened? I mean, obviously isolation is isolation, but how did that affect the wines? So, so well, I think we just lost touch. I mean, so the eighties, more technically. Um, just, sorry to,
1: sorry to stop you here, but you think, from what you're saying, is there was a lot of. Um, uh, this is how I'm understanding what you're mm-hmm. saying from sixties and seventies, there's a lot more information coming into South Africa and going out of South Africa Correct. in, um, uh, in terms of wine making and grape production. Correct. And that stops in when isolation more or less stops, but how does that make it? Sh- surely uh, quality would just remain the same and not get better or am I oversimplifying it? I mean,
0: um, the, so way the way you're saying that the wine got worse. Well, well, I is, that what, is that what you are no, saying? No, no, like? no, I'm saying I'm. 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 Let's try to unpack it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the '80s saw the advent of new oak, new small barrel oak, and okay. that was a global fashion thing. Yeah, okay. Um And, and, I, and I'm not sure we had the fruit to deal with this new oak. So um, it was, the, it was the latest toy in, in winemaking, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, were, and uh, applying. Uh, uh, you know, we, I mean, South Africa in the early part of the century had been quite progressive. I mean. Um, uh coal fermentation for whites was something we pioneered and um but now we you know you know the isolation is is becoming more and more of a thing, and you know we are we're, we're trying to keep up with the rest of the world, but not really
1: so where was the newark coming from? was it French yeah or, so the French were still happy to supply the
0: newark oh they were selling us mirage jets as well yeah right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> no, no I mean, it's a funny old time of, um you know, because you know, as as, as much as um apartheid was despicable, mm. you know, we were fighting proxy wars, you know, on, on behalf of the US in in Angola, you mm. know, against the Cubans. Yeah. So, so it was mirages were, versus who were fighting who were, on, mirages on, versus MIGs. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. Cubans weren't. You know. Um, but they were proxy Russians, also. Sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: So, so um, you yeah, not many people know about the Angola War, do they? It's a the very sort of unspoken. Uh, the dark. What do they call the dark war or something? There's a there's a term for it. I right? know it's a. It was a
0: grim. It yeah. was a. was a grim time. You know, mm. you. I mean, I've, I narrowly avoided conscription. I could have been mm. fighting in Angola. Mm. Yeah. So, so, the so the eighties. I mean, I can't. I mean, very few. Uh, wines come to mind, great wines from the mm. '80s. Um, so, when did you start drinking in earnest? In about
1: sort of mid to late '80s, in terms of yeah. As I said, I mean, you know, I
0: mean, I, at the outset of this conversation, I referenced mm. the list Red '84. Mm. Um, I mean, I can't say I've had a bottle recently. It'd be fascinating to know what it's looking like. And then, of course, the '90s political transformation comes around, and. You know, our vineyards weren't healthy. We, we, you know, leaf roll was rampant. Um, there was there was quite uh, uh, the influence of Parker was was you know when it came to, to ambitious red wines, you know the, the, they were completely overdone. So so so, so viticulture wasn't obviously
1: a, uh, a huge concern that, at this point. It was all, well, get the fruit in and we'll just do what we want with it and make it make it into the wine that we want to market. Is that a fair assessment of? I mean, an oversimplification, obviously, in in a, in a, in a whole.
0: Yeah, industry, look, I mean, but I think I, think I think we were just, as I say, we were out of touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, so you know, the 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 legend wines, um, you know, ninety uh, five was a was a incredible vintage, mm-hmm. and and um, yeah, are there any great wines from the eighties apart from the? No, as I say, eighties, I can't recall anything. Eighty two Chateau Libertas I've had is quite quite, quite yeah, nice. Yeah, look, I mean, you 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 know, and I. Um, uh, Lebanier was, to the extent that Lebanon has ever reached any great heights, Le Bonier was was pretty sought after. Okay, but I mean, if I I'm sitting here thinking, I, 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 there's there's nothing iconic. There's yeah, nothing right, like okay. you nothing have to taste that wine. There's yeah. no 74 or, no.
1: or 66 no, GS. Or, no, definitely not. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and the 90s Is it, was it just sort of
0: continuation the, of the 80s in terms? No, of, no, no, no. So the 90s, what? thank goodness, uh, you know. Uh, Political transformation happens, and mm. we now have to find our way back. Mm. And and Canomp yeah. you know, Corp. Had, uh, just wait for the. It's
1: one of those uh 1980s French mirages. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs>
0: that's uh, the March in South Africa. Those would be grippin's from from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Still to be paid for, no
0: doubt. So, <laughs> um, um, so 90s. Yeah, so 90s, we start, we start finding our way back. Cunoncorp, um Corp uh, probably leading the way. Um, um, bears tutor in his pump. Um, you know, uh, uh Corp often referred to as our first growth with fairly good reason. Um, 95, very special vintage especially for Gronkopp so, yeah, yeah. is I mean, it, it really is seen
1: domestically as the first growth of South African yeah. wine yet it's almost unknown internationally um, uh, that's changing at the moment I guess um, especially with the, the, the 2015 that came out Paul Sauer got a bit of, a, uh, a bit of bells and whistles attached to it well, so, so, that so, was a really interesting thing for me that um, I came here and people were talking referencing this winery I'd never heard before
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that goes towards how incredibly um, small, S.F. Fine Wine, is as a sector in in the global scheme of things. Yeah, and 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 that sort of kind of dawns on me more and more. Um, And and I think that's a crucial challenge: is how um, how we collectively make ourselves relevant on the international stage. and there's some very practical issues in terms of volume. If you, yeah. you know, if uh, I, I always joke, you, you can make a 97 point um, Chenin Blanc, um, but if you've only made 600 bottles, it's kind of like what Clark and Eads can get through in a weekend, you know, um, <laughs> which is about that amount. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, there's not
0: much left for the rest of the world if you make. And so, seven.
1: if you were going to put like a six pack of wines together from the 90s, uh, not necessarily wines to drink today, but that sort of defined the 90s. What, what would be included in there?
0: Um, so then I, I was about to, Sorry, re- I distracted you. I was, I was going to reference Cordova Crescendo, which is popular stuff I've mentioned. So that Cordoba Crescendo is a Cabernet Franc driven red blend as made by Chris Keat off, um, a Helderberg site. Just uh, Southern Southernbosch? Uh, yeah, on, on your way to Somerset West. Mm-hmm. Um, so high altitude, south yeah. facing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and what, 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 98, 99, is that what Well, Made in Vintage, if I'm not mistaken, was 95, again, that, 90, you know, I think 95, if you sort of stumble across a, a, um, a deceased cello and there were some 95s, I think you could have a lot of fun there, just right okay. just across the board. So Cordova Crescendo, yes? um, at Thelima, um was a very exciting project that, that kind of um, uh, had just launched. Mm-hmm. So um, Cordova Crescendo is no longer made? I mean, that's no, uh, Although the farm has been uh, recently acquired, yeah. I don't know if it'll go under that name. But yes. they are—they're trying, okay. oh, they're trying to. Okay. Okay, yeah. And Filimut is very much Still, Thulema,
1: still an ongoing concern. With
0: very the, much uh, still an ongoing concern, and the, and is enjoying a something of a renaissance, if you mm-hmm. ask me. Um, so, what's the? I mean, the cabernet. I'm the sure? cabernet, for sure. Uh, fairly recently, they have a um, launched a. This doesn't bear reference to the '90s, but. Mm. Uh, they've got a pretty interesting ambitious cabernet based wine called rabelais mm-hmm. um but so Cabernet, uh, standard Motion cabinet are are um are, are just about synonymous uh, and 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 for good reason um it it's it's often said to sort of sit somewhere between the old world and the new world and i think that's some fairly useful in terms of of getting your head around, you know, what to expect from Stellenbosch Cab. Yep. So you've got Cordova, Salima Cabernet, so you've got Cabernet Franc, Cabernet. um, What else is happening in the 90s? How, Riston Frieda would be a name to to have a look at. And that's more Shiraz Ciro? Yeah, so famously, um, uh, no, no, so so the Riston Frieda Estate Blend, Fairly early on in its history, uh, Kevin Arnold, now of Waterclough, added uh, some Water, Shiraz. Waterford,
1: isn't it? Waterford, yeah. what did I say? I think you said Waterclough.
0: Um, Waterford. Waterford. Um, famously added some Shiraz to a, to a, to a Cab Merlot. Okay. Um, How dare he. How <laughs> dare you. Okay. Yeah, I know, which was revolutionary at the time. Okay. No, and a bit of, no, that's fair enough. Fair, yeah. And it remains a... It remains a, a a terrific wine a go to wine uh, yeah um, a go to wine mm-hmm. but that was yeah that certainly caused a stir when it came out mm-hmm. so so far we 've only when we' talking about sort of 70s
1: or 60s 50s, 60s 70s 80s 90s we 've only been talking about red wine
0: uh, white wine was a you know it wasn 't like it didn't exist, but it was entry level wasn't, uh, taken, seriously wasn't taken seriously at all. Wasn't taken seriously at all. I mean, famously, uh, you know, Jan Boulain-Consire had to smuggle Chardonnay in, in his underpants, you know, in the late 80s. Uh. Okay, right. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's that's apocryphal story. Yes. Well, I mean, I think there's an element of truth in it, but it's been embellished. <laughs> over the, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, so Cordoba, Trader, um, and Tredo. And then... And then uh, all the family-owned... um um, wineries estates as you as you referenced Mm. were were we're trying to push the boat out um so so simon and um you know the, the the blue chip stellenbosch producers were all
1: there or thereabouts, mm-hmm. um, and Stellenbosch was still the centre of wine production in, in the '90s. I mean, that's sort of very much so. Powell was the sort of the the the, the, the work uh, engine and the administration centre. I so guess Stellenbosch was definitely the, the most prestigious from, from from the mid mid mid, mid uh, 20th century onwards. That was where sort of the uh, um, a lot of the decisions were being made. But then the the, the high end, largely
0: speaking, yeah. largely yeah, speaking. I, yeah, I, always, I mean, yeah. I mean, but you know. Uh, the 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 great Clain constantia project started in the late 80s mm-hmm. um so would you include Constantia in your sort of six pack of the 90s wines? well von constant um as begun by um the the then owners the yusters and mm-hmm. and and the late ross gower dates from the late 80s you know and it's I mean, of, of course it's got centuries of history but mm-hmm. it, but the modern iteration is is relatively recent. Um, and, you know, is you know, that that there's a brand that's been managed spectacularly well. Yeah. Um, um, probably, if you want to talk about icon wines from South Africa, that's probably as close as anything that we've got. Mm-hmm. But yes, I mean, is it just
1: so stay in the 90s just for a second? Yeah. So we've got Cordoba, Lima, Rusten Freda. What else we got? Or are we struggling to get six?
0: No, no, well, I mean, I think the six pack, the, the, there would be plenty of interesting wines without a definitive six-pack, I guess. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying.
1: No, no, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, what was happening in the 90s, what sort of, in terms of, like, Stellenrust Shiraz 94,
0: I know, was a wine that sort of changed people's minds and you know, yeah, Stellen Stellen. Well, no, no, you've got to be careful, because there's Stellen Rake, <laughs> yes. uh, which was a dist- dist- distilled product, yeah. and that was pretty top-end. Okay. Um, then there's Stellen Zucht, Ninety-four. Is that the one I'm talking yes. about? Yes, that was a Uh There was a, a famous um, challenge convened by Michael Fridgen, sponsored by South African Airways, which saw South Africa pitted it against Australia. Um, and no wonder I keep hearing about it then. <laughs> um, no, but, but I mean, this was this was this was a this was fairly watershed in that. The industry thought they'd at least give the Aussies a good run for their money, if not totally mm. wipe the floor. Yeah. And, and we've got an absolute hiding. Okay. Um, but famously, the Stellenzucht 94, as made by Andre van Rensburg, now of Vergewerken, outperformed Grange. I
1: see.
0: Um, and hence its fame. Okay. Uh, or, and it remains to this day a, quite an interesting glass of wine. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's held out Yeah. But but uh, if I recall correctly, it's got a 14.8 alcohol, which mm-hmm. was unheard of at the time. Okay. In terms of being so high. Yeah. And it's got a dash of merlot in it. Delicious. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. So it's that wine's fault that merlot is now uh, was so pervasive in the next sort of 20 years. No, no the, the, <laughs> no, the thing about merlot was, you know, it was a sort of wrong-headed attempt to keep uh, UK or European supermarket buyers happy. You know, mm. yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So we've, we've traveled to now towards 2000. You've just started with, uh, with wine magazine as the web editor, huge amount of change has happened since 2000. Yep. Um, arguably almost more than the sort of the preceding 40 years For sure. uh, or 50 years even. You would agree with that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And so trying, so to, trying to condense that into a six pack or into some sort of a manageable, um, morsel is going to be difficult, but maybe, speak of your experience throughout.
0: Okay, so, so uh, uh, what, what starts to happen now is that there's a, there's a sort of growing sense of adventure and a, a combined with a, a realization that we can't, business as usual is not an option. And I suppose a, a pivotal moment is, is Charles Back of Fairview, um, Giles Webb of Thelema, um, John, and John Platter, and maybe one or two other partners Set off into the Swatland to start Spice Street, and their appointee of winemaker for this project is a certain Eben Saadi. and and Eben wasn't there for very long. It's that 98,
1: 90.
0: Yeah, yeah, 98. And and Eben, he was still at Spice Street when he made at 2000, made in vintage. Um, but then shortly on after that, goes on his own, and you know. The rest is history. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the president is set. Um, and um, were people aware of that at the time, that it was such a
1: momentous time? Or was it sort I, of like I, in I, 2005, 2010, only in reflection? that people I, I, thought, I think,
0: so, I, I, I think, so, I, I don't want to sound um, too self-satisfied, mm. but I, I remember feeling having a sense that the um was a game changer, and and, and and you know there was there was a there was a, 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 a a small bunch of, of observers that um, had a there was a, the feeling that, that that something big was starting, rec- starting, rec- starting rec- to recognition of uh, you know, something. Uh, Chris changed. and Andrea Malinu at Tilbach Mountain Vineyards were starting to make some um, very exciting wine, um, some Tilbach fruit, but also buying a lot of Swatland fruit and the whole thing just snowballed and it was, it was a really exciting time you know it was given the sort of quite dreary 80s and quite confused 90s mm. you know it was a really exciting time for, for the industry and and, I, and, I, and, I, and as i always say it's like what, what's been amazing to see is that this improvement curve um, You know, whatever industry you're talking about, normally there's a a plateau in terms of quality gains. Mm. Um, You know, quality gains aren't infinite, but South Africa, South African fine wine, you know, we might not have solved the, uh, we might not have scaled yet, which, which, as I say, is a huge issue, but, but in terms of uh, quality improvements, we seem to just keep. One getting better and better. It's interesting because I first
1: came to South Africa in, in, in 2006. I came to Cape Wine 2006. Um, there happened to be a, a cricket tour uh, <laughs> at the same time. So it was to kill two birds with one stone. And I went to Cape Wine and I was deeply um, dissatisfied with the quality of wine that was on offer at, Cape, at that Cape Wine. Um, my notes, I, I found my notes a little while ago and reread them and they were pretty dour. Um, and I was in a good mood. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't, I, I didn't have an agenda or, you know, um, I was chasing the love of my life. I was watching, you know, um, R- Ricky bonding Drinking, B- Drinking of death death and, death uh, and Shane Warner, <laughs> that's Spin has webs, but then there was two producers. I came across at the Cape 2006, which sort of went, Oh, hang on. There might be something here. One was Scarly, and the other was even Sadi. Um, but the rest were really dour you know, four square wines with no imagination, no, no sort of tension or excitement. Well, or
0: I, I think we, I mean... I think So, we, so,
1: we, so if that's at 2006, I mean, I, I can imagine what it was like, you know, five, ten years, 15 years prior and how, <laughs> how really sort of uh, um, uh, dreary it, it was. I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but I obviously come from a, a very different perspective. so. And then 2006 to 2012, which was my next Cape wine, was like light and uh, night
0: and day. Like the difference was. I can only agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were coming off a low base. I mean, you know, you know, which is my sort of, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know I mean, I can't deny it. Um, mm. um, and and I think what's what what, what is um, you know to go back to the corporates, you know, they've been compelled to. Um, raise their game. Um, have they though? I mean, ah, it doesn't seem like they have. Well, I mean, so so um, you know, they're catering for different market segments. I don't I don't think you can expect Spear to be knocking out eleven and a half percent orange wine on a you know this, this. It's just not the way the market works. But mm. but you know, th- there's a sort of a, a polish and a sophistication now that wasn't there. Uh, yeah,
1: t- 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 Yeah, and even the difference between today and 2000. I mean, you look at the old Colomellas versus the current Colomellas, they're made in a very different yeah, sure. I mean, those uh, early 2000 um look, you know, not unsurprisingly,
0: from the, from the period. Well, no, I think Colomellas is a fascinating case study, mm. because I, I think the two thousand the maiden vintage w- was, was made so intuitively and so, um, uh, with a lack of artifice, if you will, mm. and then I think Eben lost his way. You know, he, he he as a as a young, ambitious winemaker, you know, wanted to wow the world, and the, they got bigger and bigger and bigger, and mm. um, and ironically, that's when they regularly got five stars and platters. Yeah, uh, and, and and then You're I the and then yeah. and then with you know um, you know with growing winemaking maturity on his part you, you know, started to pull it right back again. Mm. Know, so
1: brought us more or less up to current state. So that took us a little while, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no, it's good. Um, so maybe chat to, you, to us about what's happening now in terms of what's the most exciting, what are you most enthusiastic about in South African wine at
0: the moment? Well, I've been too much of a rah-rah cheerleader. I, it's just everything's exciting. I mean, <laughs> um, So Niederberg Mentors range is exciting? Well, or well, these you know, mental ranges exciting. Um, no, I still think the corporates need to get the act together. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the lack of vision is, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the, the access to fruit and the and the um, technical competence is not in question. It's it's the vision. Where's the vision? You know. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean, uh, from the independence, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, everything from. I mean, I really enjoyed the Ex-Animal newsletter saying you know, there's a new age of souvenir that awaits us. You know, the market can't bear any more, de- you know, top-end. However delicious top-end shenan is, you know, we can't drink shenan all day every day forever. Um, we can try. Yeah, and I cert- and I certainly <laughs> do. Um, yeah. But so, 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 you know, there's, there's not a, there's not a category. There's almost no category that's, that doesn't look promising. Uh, the, the, you
1: know, so, ca- so let's 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 name a few then. Like Cabernet, who who are who are the most
0: exciting Cabernet producers at the moment? Okay, so Cabernet is is blue chip, and and and, and, I, and I'm a, immediately about I'm going to contradict myself, and that's probably and Cabernet blends. I'm not you know, restricting you uh, to. Well, by virtue of being so blue chip, you know it's not it's not a, it's not Cabernet and Cabernet blends don't really lend themselves to machine experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I I think what's interesting is that plantings have. Of the of of cab specifically have leveled off and there's going to be a cab shortage uh, which could be good for quality um, okay. in, in rational yeah, yeah 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 and and i' um, I love cab and I think there's you know ever however old fashioned it might be as a category but um, so, and I think there's a market segment that'll always want to invest in ultra premium cab mm-hmm. so 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 and Cab will always be with us by virtue of where it sits in the world of wine, Bordeaux being a reference, Napa being a reference. So I'm going to assume some names here based on what you have just uh, said. So, so so Canon so would be a name that... For sure. I mean, Canon Corp's reputation precedes it. But I mean, I think uh, Warren Ellis, who's busy taking over from his dad, Neil, is making some terrific stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Delo Graf makes a very sophisticated polished version. That's Monet Frey, Mm -hmm. very clever winemaker. Um, I think is it restricted to Sillenbosch? Pretty much to my mind. Mm -hmm. I am probably irritating Franchuk and the rest of the wine lands, but Mm -hmm. I I can't really see anybody giving Sillenbosch too much of a run for the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the massive issue of Cabernet is it's a late ripening variety in an era of climate change. So, well, but Castelmoche Cabernet is notoriously has a green edge. Do you think that might help? Or do you think that's a, a, yeah. a leaf roll issue? So, no, I think the, the green edge of Cabernet and global warming is, you, you, you know, I'm not a viticulturist, but my sense is. And you, need, neither of us are climate scientists. <laughs> no, neither of us <laughs> But no, my sense is, you, you, you need. You need Optimal hang time. So, yeah. you know, if you're only picking late March, um, you're going to have a very, very cooked bunch mm. of grapes at the end of it all.
1: And in your estimation, there's not many different stylistic choices available to Cabernet producers. I mean, there's sort of like one pathway that's sort of more or less the, the well, well, I, mean, the I way to producing think So, so
0: um, this is not a punt for the ex-Anima portfolio, but there are two wines in that portfolio that are, you know, interesting, show a potential alternative route. Namely, what Nick and Janine, um, so Craven, Craven are doing, um, and and then similarly Restless River. Mm-hmm. So if
1: you looked at, I mean, if you looked at Craven Stellenbosch Cabernet, the the analysis will be probably pretty similar to some of those 60s, seventies wines. Obviously, they're very different. In yeah,
0: i.e. lower yeah. uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, in in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. but made very differently as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's 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 you know the how the sixties and seventies were made to the extent that anybody can remember. How does not how is how is this not on the record in terms of I mean <laughs>
1: that's insane.
0: No the record keeping is yeah. non existent. There's a cone of silence.
1: And obviously yeah rests of obviously in a relatively new viticultural Yeah and that and down that, that down being down. out of film of Rishi, order.
0: Rishi I I I I worry that I I worry that and, and you know, good luck to both of them. Good luck to being a counterpoint to 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 mainstream southernmost, um, but I, I I can't see um, in a in a you know in a world of of, of they're stylistically very different ones. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Lear, yeah, and in, kind of exactly. Sure. And yeah. but but what I was going to say is like yeah. if you're looking for lighter red, then you've got you know. Obviously, Pinot. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. don't worry about it. Um, so Cabernet. So Shannon
1: is probably the other one that, uh, I mean, it's probably a. Uh, this is going to be a longer conversation.
0: No, no, no Shannon. I mean, we just, you know, we just so spoilt. Uh, I mean, I mean, this grape seems to work from north to south, east to west. Mm. It seems to make brilliant wine of young vineyards. It seems to make brilliant wine of old vineyards. Um, it seems to work on just about any soil type.
1: It's, Given all of that, there's still some horrendous Shannon blocks out there, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and but I think I think I think um, I think I, mean, I just don't I don't
1: want to misrepresent. What's, no, no, no. What no, no so
0: no, right. no, so yeah. I think that the, the, the potentials the, there for sure. The, 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 I mean that's again for that distinction between uh, popular, easy drinking, low price Shannon, mm. you know, tank tank fermented, inoculated Shannon, yeah, um, which which is which is. Uh, basically equates to generic, generic dry white. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's not necessarily awful, but it's very simple. Um, um, it's boring. Very boring. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, but then, you know, I'm, I'm talking about top-end, you know. Yeah. The, uh, so what producers are you, would you sort of steer people towards? No, it's, it's, the list is infinite. Off um, the top it's, of your head. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, Sardi and Alight are the... Are the Which Saadi? Evan. Uh, um and, and his old vine series, Ovung mm-hmm. Um I mean um uh I like, I like vineyards yeah I like vineyards. I mean that, that, that those two wines for me, um um Skurf, in particular from, from Saidi and then um I mean Skirthberg as a site, which is uh near Can William up the west coast, mm. which is where Chris Alight also gets his grapes, is just Absolutely extraordinary place. yeah, yeah. Well, so this, is, this is
1: north of the Swatland? Yeah, so it's not even in yeah. the Swatland. No not even in the so It's almost near Angola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll put it this way: it's in the middle of
1: nowhere, yeah.
0: properly in the middle of nowhere. Yeah,
1: just south of Craig <laughs> Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. I mean, those I mean, I mean, thirty years ago, it, it had you spoken about making fine wine from olive trees uh, or Christ, um, citrus style mountain uh, grapes, people would have just no, laughed at you. Totally. Yeah. So what else? I mean, obviously that's, that's very so, warm climate, high altitude Shannon, very uh, particular. Uh, is there Shannon in other parts of the country that, um, so Stellenbosch, was there Shannon producers in Stellenbosch that would, uh, For
0: sure. And, and what's, you know, when I said the list is infinite, you've got a, mm. you've got a, a fairly big, uh, um, operation in the form of Klan Azalza who mm. make Shannon, uh, in a, in a more, Popular style, if you will. Yeah, but at, at various price points, and it's all bloody delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got access this to back bang for buck is just right extraordinary. Okay. That, you know, um, um, but if we're talking fine wine,
1: price no object. Who are you? Who are you? Well, so,
0: so the so the 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 of family reserves is two hundred rand a bottle, which in South African terms is expensive, but not in world terms. But so the, um, I mean, I mean, you really are just. Both for choice. I mean, I, I, the point that I'm trying to make is you've got somebody like Rhiannon Borman, mm. you know, the, of Boschcliffe, um, who makes a, a Shannon off grapes out of Montague, which is in the bloody clancarood semi-desert. Yes. But that's something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, totally unheralded part of the world for grapes, for mm. fine wine. Mm. I mean, I recently tasted a, 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 a Shannon uh, by Radford Dale off grapes from Stanford, which is... Mm. Next to the sea, and I, you know, I think there's some nice sort of uh, chalky limestone um, down
1: in Stanford. Well, they
0: didn't want to go into too much detail about the vignette because they don't want anybody else to get their hands on it. But yeah. the, that's well, yeah. they should pay more money than they don't care. <laughs> Shall we go there? We start yeah, yeah. That conversation, Jacques, you listening? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just really. Uh, I mean, Shannon. I, I think the issue with Shannon that that, that perennially comes up is like. Are, are we making, are there too many examples, are there more examples than the market can bear? Mm. And, and that used to worry me until I went to Austria two or three years ago. And you don't walk into an Austrian cell and ask the winemaker why he makes eight different green you know, That's You know, we, Chardonnay is what we do, and we mm. do it really, really well. Okay. Moving away from Shannon, Chardonnay. Because, so so, so, so um, curiously, I and mean, it's something I, I, I wonder about often, is that South Africa historically has a reputation for being a red wine producing country, but I actually think, litre for litre, bottle for bottle, at the top end, our white wines are outperforming our reds, Mm. um, you know, broadly speaking. And so Shard's looking terrific, uh, undergone something of a revolution, I suppose, in line with the rest of the fine wine sector. Um, but it was a non-entity, wasn't it, until
1: sort of mid '90s. I mean, as you say, they came into the country yeah. in, well, in socks and underwear. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so look. So you've got um, you've got Elgin uh, in no particular order, mm. um, uh, and where I think Richard Kershaw leads the pack. You've got uh and Ida. Where you've got you know, uh, pioneers um, uh, like Hamilton Russell through, through to um, uh, Craig Vessels, what he's doing at Restless River, um, you've got, I mean, Stellenbosch high altitudes, I mean, Uwe Mira is very good, um, you've got all, you know, well-established farms like Kartenberg, you know, and and, this, and the, the spread of styles, you, you've got like very lean, nervous wines through to big rich um, examples. Um, Again, you know, very great depth in the category. Do you think um, we
1: succeed more at one sort of style rather than another? Or do you think it's producer to producer? That's
0: producer to producer. Okay. I, I mean, I tend to prefer a, a leaner style um, just for my own drinking pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's quite interesting how often people say, well, they, you know, I'm talking about fairly uh, literate highly involved drinkers are going to, oh, if I'm going to drink chard, I want a big shot. And mm. there's, if you want, want that style, it's out there. I want to take, I want to taste what I paid for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Syrah, Shiraz. So, so Syrah is, um, I think the most exciting red wine category of all right now, mm-hmm. in the sense that the quality improvements are dramatic and it's commercially relevant. And, the, the, and Thanks to the Swatland New Wave, it's undergone a really um, exciting shaker. So, So, um, you know, I think you've got to reference Malenew. Uh, it's interesting, you know, Cliff is, is a brand that's been around for a long time. And they... The
1: 97 sewer was quite a famous one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah.
0: And, and so they've been doing it for a long time, but not all Swatland fruit. And now they've properly... Um, committed to the Swatland as their source of their fruit going forwards, mm-hmm. which tells you what they think is the future. Mm-hmm. And then Porzellainburg out of the Swatland is obviously a rapidly becoming something of a benchmark. One of the top three ones in the country in my opinion. But but it's, you know, as a result, Stellenbosch has had to look to its laurels and it, what Rhian and Bormann in particular is doing and the Boschcliffe label and the Sons of Sugarland label. But then, I mean, I happen to I personally be a huge uh, fan of what Craven, what the Cravens put out under, uh, in terms of Syrah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it seems to be a, a grape that the new wave have adopted. Who are the new wave? We're talking sort of probably under 50, <laughs> They're all getting older, yeah. um, all the leading proponents are getting older, uh, not, or not as young as they used to be, mm. and very often uh, not vineyard owners. Buying, you know, buy, buy in fruit, um, and and then and then operate across multiple. You're not necessarily affiliated with one particular region or district. So yeah, it's just a, it's just a good place for Syrah in general. Yeah, Syrah's so is a good, really good place. Yeah. and you know, and again, if you want, if you if you prefer bigger, bolder style, then, then somebody like Hartenberg, it, it makes the Stalk and and uh, Granite Hill. You know, you. No shortage of alcohol power then. Mm. Pinotage. So, Pinotage, so you've got benchmarks. Uh, Canon Corp obviously comes to mind first and foremost. And, and Black Label Pinotage, is, which is their ultra premium offering, their deluxe offering, their, their top of the.
1: So, so Pinotage to me has a bit almost like a Barolo sense in terms of there's an old and then there's a new. Uh, style in terms of um,
0: yeah I think it's a fair comment and I, I, I'd like to see more it's not still more Barolo. New, in Barolo
1: anymore but you know, in terms of uh,
0: no no what you're saying so, yeah. the, so there are two camps if you will mm. um, and, but the, the, the so the called new style which is earlier picked less extracted, less oaked um, perhaps better found. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're the at Canon Corp.
1: No, no, no. But what I was saying to, to pick earlier, I think you need to have better gra- quality grapes.
0: Okay, yes, I see yeah. what you're saying. No, no I wouldn't. Yeah, Canon can Corp, certainly don't pick too early. Um, mm. Yeah, so 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 they're they're, they're the, the well-established um, blue chip old school guys. Yeah, and then there's this. this Small but exciting.
1: Would it be fair to say that those old school blue chip guys are making their pinotage in a similar way to making their cabernet?
0: Yes, and, and in in terms vo- of trying to build a picture for people who don't know what we're talking about. Yes, uh, I mean, essentially. I mean, I, full yeah, flavor, yeah. full yeah, full, full ripe, right, full, full ripe, full ripe um, Bit of oak, maybe a bit of oak, lots of extraction, lots of oak, yeah. pump overs, punch downs, yeah. etc. They'd be pretty nervous of anything under fourteen degrees alcohol. Yeah.
1: Okay. And, and then the Canada, the new wave or the you know, is what
0: earlier picked less extractives, mm-hmm. um, lim, lim, you know, more 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 transparent, whatever. That's so sort of or to to use sort of
1: more broader terms, sort of like a more Beaujolais, Pinot Noirish style yeah. wines in terms of yeah, I mean I, accessing perfume rather yeah yeah hour. yeah more,
0: more 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 grape more true to the grape on the site and mm-hmm. and less. And less obsessed with technique. And
1: so, as the uh, one of the leading proponents of South African uh, wine, why should we be drinking Pinotage? Should we be drinking Pinotage? Is, is it a waste well,
0: of time? Well, well. Is it For me, it's not, it, it, at one point it was our calling card, and mm. um, well, certainly a large part of the industry wanted it, saw it as as our. Our special gift to the world, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and 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 I think it, I think it, I, I think it is ultimately just a curiosity, um, which is to take nothing away from it. I mean, I, I always sort of, you know, um, if if I found myself on holiday in Sicily, I'm not going to order the Merlot. I'm going to order the Nero d'Avola. Mm-hmm. You know? um, thank goodness. I mean, please God, the, the world of wines never reduced to the Big Five. You know, The international, yeah, quote unquote yeah, varieties. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: but, what, but what, what does Pinotage bring to the table for, for people who who haven't drank as much as, as you have? Uh, so, and so, they, and it remains just a little um, a little uh, a note in the South African section of their wine books or. <laughs> so or their so wine so, books. So, what, so what are uh, we expecting from Pinotage?
0: Uh, so uh, so Pinotage's great attribute is is this? It delivers ridiculous amounts of. Juicy fruit. Um, okay. um, whatever style you make it it, I mean, it's 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 just so fruity. If you, if you're getting it halfway right, um, if you get it wrong, and I think it's easy to get it wrong, it it makes a very rustic, uh, strange mm. <laughs> glass of wine. Yeah, it can be quite bitter, kind of. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I don't mind the bit. I mean, yes, it can be. Yeah. But I, I think increasingly, to my palate, bitterness is not. I mean, we you know I, I always say you know of chocolate, quinine in your tonic, in your gin and tonic. Mm. You know, so bitterness for me is not a, it, it's just, it's a rusticity. It's, it, it, the tannins can be quite aggressive and coarse, which I suppose quickly becomes bitter in, in the wrong way. Yep. Um, and, and, and what I wanted to say is like you've got these, the, old, the old school camp and the new wave, and then there's a whole lot of dead ordinary Pinotage, a whole lot of dead warning, so the depth in pinotage is probably not the same as cab oh that's an interesting point yeah, yeah. so the uh, you know so whether you you know whatever so place like just, a top five ten and
1: then then, then yeah. uh, and then daylight and then the rest right? yeah okay there's,
0: there's, so so yeah, what you know whatever you the, you know there's entry-level mid-tier expensive pinotage that it's just going to be disappointing mm. you know um it's just not much fun to drink Yeah. You
1: know? i mean for me pinotage has a fairly unique quality to it, in terms of it has a sort of a sour fruit character, um, in the same way that um, you know a really well dressed salad uh, need, needs some vinegar, um, and I think that is, in that sense, it gives it a cut
0: and a, an attention yeah, sure. against that overt fruitiness that you talk about. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah. cherry is a is a classic pinotage yeah. um, prescriptor. Yeah. A, again, if you get it right. Yeah. Uh,
1: one of Pinotage's parents, so something happening with so in, in country at the moment so so it does so since comes under two spellings in south africa with the l and without the l yeah so so without both, are, th- both are okay apparently
0: yeah both are okay apparently yeah, yeah. Uh, the after l is is traditional south african and and as a result i'm quite uh, uh, patriotic and fond of of that spelling but yeah. apparently you can't export without the L. Oh,
1: I think i think america has some laws about it yeah i, I don't think i don't think that's a universal uh, export. I think it's, that's a South African. I think it's a destination issue okay. rather than a uh, South African issue. Uh,
0: so, so, since I, I, it makes really fun, easy drinking fridge red. And what I mean by fridge red is something you, you, you pull out, smash it out cold. Sma- yeah, smash it cold. Yeah. Um, um, so, can not, it can it make profound wine? Not taken. So, so, a
1: variety not to be
0: taken seriously. You think in uh, terms uh, of. Uh, the guys are trying, you yeah. know, starting with Eben and then Lucas van Lachenberg makes a pretty smart version. And so that's uh, Eben's Poffada, um,
1: Lucas's uh, Geronimo, Lucas van Lachenberg's Geronimo. To, to, to
0: name two examples, and yeah. there are others, yeah. but I'm, I'm always left wondering how profound a grape you can make it. I mean, even yeah. is on record as saying it's South Africa's Pinot Noir, and that nothing is more um, Revealing of terwa than, than since so, well, I'm yet to be convinced. Yeah, you
1: don't, you don't agree. <laughs> okay.
0: In a different sense, in a, in a
1: not fine wine sense, is it a useful variety to have in South Africa? In yeah,
0: definitely, because yeah. because it is um, wrapped up in our history. It's meant to have featured in all those great blends of the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a moot point how much of it featured. I mean, there's this kind of myth that... We made these cab, shiraz, Sinso blends, Um, and then when you do to the extent that there are records, all those those wines had those three varieties, but they had tinta Barocca and turriga and anything that was on hand. Anything that was on hand, went into those. So
1: to think that Sinso was the secret sauce is probably exaggerated.
0: Okay. Um, That said, on on a very basic level. Cab and Sinso does, the, the austerity and severity of South African cab does seem to be ameliorated or moderated by Sinso. I mean, Cinsa, yeah. even if only on a theoretical level. Yeah,
1: I mean, from a personal point of view, I think Sinso is a super useful variety because it is that lighter style of red in general you're talking about. And that's a relatively new um, uh, phenomenon in South African red wine production because um, obviously. We were talking about, you know, the obsession with Cabernet being, and so everyone made everything like Cabernet. Um, but in terms of drinkability in a warm climate, a light red, and the Cinso right. tends to provide those agreed wines with flavour, with, with not necessarily a huge amount of depth and concentration, but really enjoyable at, at a relatively low price as well. Agreed. So yeah, I think that's where Cinso sits
0: also. So the problem with Cinso is that uh, plantings aren't very extensive, and a well, lot of extensive no what do you mean i not very extensive oh well we'll,
1: we'll we'll have a look at the uh, the service report no no
0: it's so uh, like out of other than the 90, odd hectares is about 1500 hectares no there's more
1: no definitely not bet no. you a good bottle of wine oh, well, we'll have a look after the uh will we'll <laughs> some one of us will be right one of us will be wrong <laughs> well, we'll <see. laughs> i was in the impression that um there's still a lot of sense of out there that,
0: to be uh Well, it's, so these things are all relative. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean so I've, when I say there's not a lot and let's say that I am right, it's like about yeah. f- 1,500 hectares, that it, what, there's, a, there's a long... When it comes to the Salafrican vineyard, there's a long tail. So, so 1,500 hectares probably puts you in a 12th, 13th, 14th most planted variety. But against sort of the, the massive amount of uh, Chenin, for example, yeah. I think. Okay.
1: So it's a bit of a tadpole. Yeah. Yeah. Next... Something like Sémillon, Sémillon was a, a a huge part of the South African vineyard, in the 120 little, years, two, ago. Two, two centuries ago, yeah, in the 1800s. Uh, what's happening with it now? There's even, there's even less of that around. Yeah, minute, yeah.
0: um, um, and and next there's by by happy accident once again, um, there's a whole bunch of old vine Sémillon in Franschhoek planted on the on the riverbed because it was a lesser variety and. Um, and uh, not good for much, but, and then and hence why it survived. And that seems to make really terrific wines. And then and then, and then the so pl- that's
1: the the, the made famous by Alight Lakolyn.
0: Well, pro- uh, to, to give credit where it's due, originally re- originally and Cluth. Okay, there um, you, go. Um, you know, they, Mark Ken spotted that, a, a but subsequently the likes of, of Alight and mm-hmm. Very highly sought after. Quite a few people making tiny, tiny batches of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, but so, yeah, old wine old vine Sem is well worth seeking out. And then obviously tiny patches throughout the Swatland, which end up in some pretty smart wines. And then you've got newer plantings, typically maritime uh, and Stellenbosch, to the extent that Stellenbosch is not maritime. And those end up. Uh, well, parts of the Nambush are very maritime, aren't they? Sure, sure. But I, you know, I, 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 what I was about to say is that, that the, 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 the newer plantings typically end up in save and blends, okay. Bordeaux-White style blends. And, and those are very smart wines in their own right. But mm. but don't really bear relation, only distantly related to what you, you might expect from a French hook, so. Okay. Uh, well, Let's lead, lead us straight into Sauvignon Blanc. So Sauvignon, along with Pinotage, are the only two... Top ten major varieties that are growing in in, in terms of vineyard area, which mm-hmm. is make of that virtual, mm-hmm. I find slightly alarming in that it says that the industry is. I mean, Sauvignon has deservedly got a, a bit of a rep for being for being um, middle of the roads. I mean, and not just South African Sauvignon, but the grape, you know, it's sort of consumed next to Pinot Grigio and. E- easy drinking dry white, and I've, and I think a lot of South African submerino is precisely that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or? Well, I mean, obviously it's the industry needs it, yeah. and, and you it's know, people to drink it, something. It's, yeah, no, exactly. More, it's a, you know, except except it's it's you know, it's it, it ends up being a, a grape based alcoholic beverage. You know, yeah. it's it's not of interest. To listeners of this podcast,
1: great, great-based alcoholic beverage. That's, uh, uh, yeah,
0: that's um, so the next blog level coming out. Uh, 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 <laughs> could work. Huh? Deeply ironic. Yeah, um, Sars probably wouldn't allow it. Uh, um, <laughs> but 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 then obviously at, at the top end, um, there's some very fine examples, and they tend In to be one experience Board, But yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, uh, they, they tend to be from very extreme sites with very dedicated winemakers, now. not Mm-hmm. They are almost universally, mm-hmm. uh, they universally are, I mean, and Cape Point comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and then more, you know, more recently, Cliff uh, from Trezan Barnard, to name but two examples. You know, yep. it's, it's guys and girls, you know, really pushing the boat out, really mm-hmm. sort of gunning for greatness. I don't think you can make, I think it's very easy to make possible so, I mean, oh, It's difficult to make great something, but not yeah. impossible.
1: Um, and semillon Sauvignon blends—they Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Blanc, seem to be nowhere to be found.
0: Yeah, so super niche, yeah. but super delicious. I mean, okay. super, super strong category. Yeah, right. And again, so what? What is made is, is delicious. Of them, in terms of. Well, well, I think that I think that, I think no one's drinking them. No one's drinking them. Yeah. No one's drinking them. Incredibly difficult sell. Um, Miles Mossop, ex of Takara, said to me, the reason they don't work commercially is that people think they taste exactly like Sauvignon and, then don't, and don't understand why they have to pay a premium. Or alternatively, they don't taste like Sauvignon enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. So
1: they'd rather drink straight
0: Sauvignon.
1: Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, Pinot Noir. What's happening with Pinot Noir? You've, you've been on record of being sort of pessimistic about Pinot Noir. No, as I'm as not pessimistic. As so no, as a, that's, that's, uh, with no, no, as a skeptic. So I'm a, a, a full-on... This
0: is your chance to no, update I, your I'm, I'm a full-on... and I, I've actually... I, I thought I was... Warming up to South African Pinot, but I've actually decided that I'm as sceptical as ever. Um, and and, and it, a, it's the bloody Pinot tax. Like, you know, it's because it says Pinot because Pinot's so fashionable. You wrap Pinot on the label, you can charge a bloody oh, I see.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the extra 20 30 percent you have to yes, pay for
0: a just because it says Pinot on the label. Okay. You know, and that, yeah. I, you know that, I'm 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 socialist that that irritates. Sufficiently,
1: Your budget, does, so your so budget so doesn't so.
0: allow that. in my sort of role as a consumer guardian, it's like you know, screw that. Do yeah. you see yourself as a consumer guardian? Just to, to some extent, yeah. you know, um, you know, like like if you want to, uh, we're talking about light reds, into, go, into, into, go into, and buy a sensor for half the price. You know? Yeah, is that a better option? I, I th- in terms of bang for your back. Yeah, you know, you you know.
1: And then as you get higher, would a zero be a better option? As you get higher uh, in price, would that be a
0: fair assessment I would, of your I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, the 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 so, so the so the two producers that are leading, and categorically the two, there's are mm. Peter Allen Flinson of and his Cristalem label, mm. and then Hannes Storm and his Storm label. And I, mm. for me, there's just about nothing else to touch them. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So two. So it's even uh, less depth than Pinotage.
0: Well, again, so, so so Pinotage plantings are much vaster. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah.
1: So uh, probably maybe in line with plantings. Yeah, Pin- Pin- line Myer, with If we're if we're thinking, since those, if you, know, you think since a minor variety, then you must think Pinot is a, a speck on the horizon.
0: So no. So I, I, again, without having the the Soros figures in front of us, I would they're not terribly far apart, actually.
1: I'll print. But, I'll, I'll. But uh, the thing I'll, about Pinot, I'll put a picture of them with the uh, with
0: the podcast. Two thirds of Pinot ends up in bubbly. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Well, that leaves
1: me. Again, to MCC. And you have a bit of a, uh, a conflict here because your wife owns uh, a. Dainty beds. Uh, Go it. out and
0: buy some. That's pretty
1: MCC, again, before I moved here, I had no idea that this thing existed. And I mean, obviously, I assumed that there was uh, so the, So that comment, so that the MCC so method Cap Classique is a sort of a protected in, uh, term uh, with uh, production uh, necessities uh, to be met to be able to label it as that.
0: Uh, just to expand on it. It's so a Cap yeah. Classique. Uh, signifying bottled fermented sparkling wine, as opposed yeah, to
1: the traditional champagne or, method yeah, for yeah, one yeah. of it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, What's the story there? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm less anxious that it's not a global phenomenon. Whilst I think South Africa's positioning globally is a huge strategic concern, Cap Classique gets drunk locally, and that's fairly inevitable. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not going to out champagne, champagne. Or our prosecco, prosecco anytime soon? I, I don't think, um, and that shouldn't faze us too much. Um, although the arrival of prosecco locally should, <laughs> mm. um, you, you know, I mean, it's quite. I'm going off on a tangent here, but yes, to see prosecco and undercutting Caprese in your local supermarkets. you think the prosecco, done, the Caprese Association
1: needs to get the act together, or, or you know, make some, yeah. Mm. Have a response at least.
0: Yes, indeed. Urgently. Mm. Um, are the wines good in general?
1: Well, uh, obviously obviously daily uh, Best so, is amazing. So, but aside so, from that. <laughs> so so um, Do you drink much by yourself? You know, private capacity? Or are you drinking Shannon because it's
0: better value? Day to day and week to week, definitely. I mean Shannon is just we're so spoiled. Mm. You know. Um, so 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 but bubbly, me, me, I mean obviously it's a, it's a great aperitif, mm-hmm. but you know, it's an, a celebratory drink. As we all know, and the the top bubbly again, there's a there's a there's a thin band of very good stuff which are increasingly expensive. So yes. then you've got to ask yourself, well, if I'm good for this amount of money, then why am I not drinking champagne? We're yeah. Champagne. So the question
1: I was thinking of was um, at sort of entry level Grand Mark champagne, non vintage. So talking Verve and all those sort of types of uh, wines, not the sort of the uh manipulant manipulant wines but the negotiant wines are they priced is it the, are the south african wines priced in that hemisphere similar quality yeah, different style i mean different style i think um because
0: yeah. um, it was a much more, no, but much, so 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 yeah, no, so I, for for um 300 plus minus 300 rand whatever that is in your local currency for overseas listeners mm. That's about the half of the price of a
1: Verve Clicquot uh, bottle. Almost. Yeah, well, I mean, just to, just, no...
0: just to give people some context. Sure. So, so, so I, w- I would say top-end cup to seek is a far more interesting drink than mass market big brand okay. champagne. Yeah. But the question is, give or take a hundred rand, if, if you want an re- interesting bottle of fizz, at what point do you go and get yourself a bottle of grower champagne for only slightly more? And then I think you're probably into fizz, and you're probably going to buy both and, mm. and drink them next to each other. Um, or interchangeably, but, but it's a, been a vastly successful um, category in commercial terms. Mm-hmm. And as a result, just about everybody makes a bubbly. It's a hugely technical, uh, demanding category to make, demanding product to make. Because mm. there, there is a tax there as well because of the, obviously, the exactly. the, the, the price uh, product. Uh, and and, and, and then quality quickly becomes patchy. Okay. We'll hit and miss, you know. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I find, from a, from a judging point of view, the, the not that I'm a, judge, a badly specialist by any means, but the, the, f, the faults are very often overt and um, perhaps people jumping on the bandwagon.
1: Perhaps, and this is just a perhaps, more uh, attention is given on the packaging rather than the, uh, the content. No, well, it's,
0: it's an easy sell. You know, mm, if you've got I a see. if you've got a wedding venue on the farm, you, um, you hire out the wedding venue and say. You've yep. got a bambi for you as well. And,
1: oh, cool. Yeah, a little captive market. Okay, some other things maybe a bit more serious, a bit more um, topical that have been in the news over the last period of time. Um, grape prices in South Africa. I'm not sure if you have a take on it. There's been a lot of talk about growing grapes as a profession in South Africa being a non-profitable one. Are grape prices too low? Why is it too low if they are? can they Can they get higher? Is for example, being secret about uh, where we get our grapes from, part of the problem. What's your take on the, the grape price debate?
0: It is. Is it a chicken and egg thing with you know wine prices well, it's internationally? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a super complicated. I mean, I, I, I think it is one, of the, if not the fundamental issue of, of the day. It is one of the fundamental issues, um, but it's. I, I don't think it's an easy answer. I, I mean, you know, I think if you're a grower, you're a price taker, you're at the wrong end of the value chain. Having said that, you know, why should that be the case? What can the grower do about sufficiently adding value so that growing grapes becomes sustainable? Wine, so much of the appeal of wine is that it's, it's um, fi- the appeal of fine wine is that it's not just a, 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 about pure business. And there is a bit of art involved. Yes, there's a bit of art involved yeah. and a bit of romance. And I, and I don't use the word lightly. So, so you know, the industry finds itself in a predicament. Uh, yeah, I think in, uh, it's well documented. It Doesn't mean, need need to make the point is that our, our, relatively speaking, our, our grape prices are ridiculously low. Now, that's that's not beyond
1: question. But how do we raise them? And what's the, is it the case where you know South Africa has a, uh, has the opposite problem from Pinot Noir? Is we have to we have to as the seller have to pay the tax in terms of, to sell at a discount. 'Cause the the reputation
0: on the global scale is not there. I think that's that part of the not, issue? That's a huge part of the issue. Demand more of a premium. Um, with with difficulty I think is the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in simple terms, it's about I can't see any other solution than building brands. You know, Yeah, I, okay. Uh, um, yeah, and you know, and that's where and that's where our corporates let us down, you know. Yeah. Well they're so,
1: they're almost actively Pursuing cheaper, great prices. I mean, I was, exactly. We're just chatting to put, just put up a conversation on this podcast with Francesca Wickens from Waterfall Farm on the Paderberg, and she's no longer selling to those corporates uh, on the, the the old co-op model because precisely the prices remained low and got lower uh, during during the drought rather than higher because they could. So yeah, that's a that's a huge issue. Another huge issue um, that's been in the streams of the industry is labour um, in terms of in the vineyards. Exploitation otherwise, um, do you have a take on that? Or is that beyond your, uh, your wheelhouse?
0: You can't be a, um, an, an aware involved South African and ignore the issues of the day. But that said, I try to stay in my lane when it comes to my role as editor of, of Wine Magazine. Mm. Past a certain point, I don't think people come to the site for political commentary. But, you know, the industry is not going to survive unless it's sustainable. And for me, sustainability is a complex interaction between environmental sustainability, uh, social sustainability, and commercial sustainability. And you you can't have any one of those without the other two.
1: Yeah, no, I won't. Uh, I won't dig too deep because <laughs>
0: you've carefully avoided that question. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> no, that's fine. But uh, but I mean, I mean, I think I mean, uh, you know, again, it's, it's again, you know, if you're if you're if you're a, if you're a right-thinking, com- commercially successful operation, and you're not paying your workers, and, and providing for their for, uh, for their needs, if they if they're permanent, it's obviously mm. uh, problematic.
1: No, you know? no, fair enough. Absolutely. Okay, we've got about 15 minutes left so, until uh, David has to go eat some steak and drink some Shadow at the pub. It's predict the future time for 15 minutes. Uh, what uh, have you got any uh, predictions or trends that you're going to see that um, going to manifest themselves in the next sort of 12, 18 months or? Uh, so, so or just, just no, out there.
0: Historically, I've been spectacularly bad at. at um,
1: I'm, 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 Everyone is spectacularly bad at this. What this was what makes it so much fun because uh, no one knows. <laughs> um,
0: no, I, I, being a futurist is definitely not a wouldn't have been a good job um, career path for me. But um, I am anxious that that like everything we've talked about, in some ways, comes down to brand South Africa. You know, I, th- we're, I think we're on a precipice of of becoming. A failed state, and you know if, if we if we fail the country then one is just going to fail too to state the, the bleeding obvious um so 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 you weren't really pumped about um uh, mr ramaphosa's speech last night then no 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 he, he, was, the, the he what, was very he the, was he was very eloquent and I mean, he and he was yeah. very he was very on point on a number of issues but i i, I generally do worry about how he intends to deliver on these very ambitious projects that he's outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would I do was the president of this country? Um, no, let's, let's just leave that, I think. <laughs> no, in terms of
1: wine, wine in South Africa, yes, if the state fails, then there's going to be some issues, obviously, yeah. uh, but beyond that, on, uh, and or, or within that, is everything going to, I mean, will there be just a, a continual plethora of uh, producers who don't own vineyards fresh out of winemaking school, creating brands and making wines. Um, will that in turn keep the price down because competition ble- you know, bleeds profits. There's always come- someone ready to come in uh, willing to sell uh, at a cheaper price because they've got less overheads and they don't have kids in school. And Is that part of the issue? That the barrier to entry is so low that it keeps the price low? Is that going to continue? Will the, um, will the corporates start waking up or will they just disengage from wine in total and, and go to towards those sort of more more profitable liquor products that you spoke
0: about have the have the wave guys made their best wines let, let's, they, let's talk best case scenario yeah. I, I i think I, I think south africa has a remarkable ability both the country as a whole and the wine industry in particular to somehow muddle through and and I, I think we are a resilient bunch and and as you were saying earlier, it's there's a sort of inherent uh, romanticism about everything that goes on here, and I think people feel incredibly deeply. So, so even when the chips are down, sort of capable of of, of incredible um, achievement. I mean, and obviously the World Cup rugby comes to mind. I mean. You know, if you told me four years ago that we'd be World Cup champions, I wouldn't have believed you. And then, and then that said, As as the tournament drew closer, I, I started to believe. And um, not not sort of because it wasn't sort of um, idealistically. You could, you know, there was something about Rassi Erasmus and the way he went about his business that that it it all started to look. Feasible. So, what's this got to do with wine? I was going to say this is this is a classic uh, Springbok supporter answer to a question that didn't involve no, rugby. No, no, no. no, 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 no what's what's <laughs> it got to do with wine? It's got to do with. I, I, I think there's a sort of a, a, a latent understanding of what needs to be done. There's some. We have to set the process in motion. You know, there's. Who has to do what? Is it Richard Rushton of Distel? Is it Evan Saadi? Is it a combination? Of these figures, that, you know, who, who have, who who have got? You don't think Evans done enough yet? Uh... <laughs> not
1: is he capable of more? But no, no, no. Surely, I think surely, he, I think he's capable. Surely, I'm. No, I'm, 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 I'm not out, but I'm, I, don't, I just don't think that it's his responsibility to to step up. From my point of view, he, he's done more than he share already.
0: No, that, that, see, I mean, that, capable of, all of all, for sure. So these, no, but these, but are, impon- these, these are the imponderables. I mean, yes. I mean, are we? This is why this are, corporate predict the are, future. Are, are we? I mean, worst case scenario is we're going to see the national vineyard decline in more and more as people switch out into citrus, berries, nuts. Why is that a bad thing? Well, because because the rationalisation that you know up to now you could argue that the rationalisation was was inevitable and necessary, but. After a point, we're just letting the capitalist system destroy a 350-year-old institution. You know, yes. it's been around since the you know the days of Dutch colonization. You know, which would be sad.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not saying the eradication would be a would be a good thing, but maybe a reduction in the size of it would, would Yes, but I'm saying, I mean, that that
0: reduction is well on its well on its way. Yes, one scenario is that there isn't an industry anymore. Hmm. That, I mean,
1: that's one scenario, but that's not, certainly not the inevitable one, I don't think, given... I, I don't
0: think it's... You know, I mean, I'm, there will always be some grapevine, but I mean, you know, we. I think we all can see that we're not as relevant in, in, a, in a global sense as we might like to think. Yeah. You know, you, hmm. it's going to be... It's easier to do that with hundred hectare, 100,000 hectares in on the ground than 50. Yes. And it's easier to do it with 50 than, than 25. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so... Yeah. You know i mean we haven't even talked about the scalability issue and i mean mm. that is a massive issue well, we can chat about that next time perhaps yeah. christian thank you very much for your uh, for your time today i really
1: appreciate it i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did nice no, and uh as you said there's um topics left untouched so Indeed. perhaps we can uh, we can revisit them at some point david,
0: david thanks for having me
1: please if you have if you like what christian said or if you don't like what christian said go on winemag.coza and tell him about <laughs> it <laughs> thanks very much okay cool